This is War Room Moments, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and most relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. War Room Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board. Here's your host, Jason Miller. Hey, welcome to today's podcast. My name is Jason Miller, your podcast host, and welcome to War Room Moments. Today, I have Karen Gray uh, with me today, and she is uh, the rock mover for startups. And uh, Karen, thank you for being here. Uh, thank you. So excited to be here, talk some business strategy and see what we can do to help move some rocks for people. I appreciate you saying that. Definitely what I feel like my calling and passion is to to help people get those those initial launching rocks moved. Right, right. Well, you know, before we kind of kick off into the discussion topic, why don't you just take a 30 seconds and just kind of introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, what's your superpower? Yeah, um, man, you're just like calling out my brand today. Um <laughs> So I am a certified professional coach. I'm ICF certified, but my story goes back to, I was a financial advisor, worked in the financial world for about 27 years and really lost a passion for chasing um, a portfolio. Really, there was no passion in that. My passion is really helping people move and transition their lives. So became a coach. And um, through being an entrepreneur myself, I learned all the struggles that people have in um, getting that business launched, getting themselves marketed. And so really my coaching brand and my business brand just kind of developed from my own journey. And so I live in Dallas, Texas. I have a a full-time coaching and business marketing strategy business called Gray Legacy Partners. And then I have a podcast called Rock Movers. Mm, Nice. Well, you know, this kind of segues perfect into this podcast and what it's even designed for. Um, and and you're the you're the perfect person to have on um, because you work with startups, and that's you know, our company we we struggle with startups because of the way that we operate, um, and for us to work with startups. Um, we would actually be doing more damage to them by working with them. Um, But there's wonderful people like you that are perfect fits for working with startups. And, you know, that, that kind of segues the conversation into, you know, being that rock mover for, you know, startups and how, how is it that you see everything that's been affected over the last couple of years with the pandemic and all these things? And, you know, it'd just be interesting to hear your take on, you know, how you've seen startups morph over the last few years. It has been really interesting, hasn't it? To see mm-hmm. companies that really felt like they had to have that brick and mortar business during COVID and the, the pandemic transformation Um, I think companies really got to see that they could have an online presence and get that business launch in a much more cost-effective way, uh, less overhead. They had less upfront cost. And so it opened up the possibility for people to start a business or launch a business or scale their business in a way that they didn't anticipate. Mm 
you know, it created us to create an opportunity for us to think differently about business, how we ran our businesses. Um, what it also did was created a necessity for people to have to make money because other positions were lost. So then the downside of that was the scarcity and the fear mentality of I have to make money now. So it was kind of twofold, but really the opportunities override every day. There's so many different ways that you can show up in the online space and make money now that never would have happened without this crazy COVID pandemic. So I just believe there's good in every situation. You just have to look for it a little harder sometimes. But um, we all now can sit like this at a, a, a screen and do business or transact. And now it's common. Whereas three years ago, this would have been something very specific for a specific um, industry. Now everybody does it. So it yeah. just made tremendous opportunities come, come to life. Yeah. I just think of it from the, the peer standpoint and like our firm's been around for, we just passed five years mm -hmm. and we've always done it this way. It's always been this way since we started. Right? right. So none of that really changed for us. And I really looked at it from the, really from the lens of, well, you can fly me out there, put me up in a hotel, give me an expense account for food, do all this stuff, right? Right. And then the next thing you know, you're five or six thousand uh, dollars just to get me out there to spend a couple of days with you, or we can do it this way right. <laughs> and save an entire budget right. on that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and startups, days. yeah, days and startups <laughs> have a huge advantage now when it comes right. to a lot of that. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, but, but I'm curious, um, because obviously, I want to pick your brain a little bit while we're here. Um, and, and that is, you know, not your secret sauce, but, but what's something that you see, uh, you know, our young startup companies as one of their biggest mistakes they make? I think the biggest mistake for, for anyone starting a business, whether it's a brand new company or someone that's launching a new area or a new branch of their business is the comparison game and looking at mm. what other people are doing out there and feeling like they have to scale it that way or do it that way. Um, because we tend to get in this comparison game where everybody loses. So if you're trying to do your business that has been laid on your heart to do, and I, and I really work with a lot of internal things in mind, because I feel like that's where most of the issues of a startup begin. Um, it's not really in the, the SOPs and the funding, it's their own head. And so I look at the market and say, okay, I got to do this. I have to do it like that other brand. When the, the truth of the matter is your special sauce is in your uniqueness. It's in doing it different. Because if there's already something out there that somebody is doing and they're doing well, why would you want to duplicate that? It's already being done. So find right. a way to do it different because in this world of what I call the sea of same, you have to be able to stand out. There has to be something unique 
we call it that unique selling proposition or that unique value proposition. What is it that's special about your business? Because there are people out there that need that. Mm -hmm. There's already people being served by this other thing. So what is it unique about you? And then we go to the, the table to do the business of creating that opportunity. Yeah. And I don't think it's a secret that the market is just flooded. Yeah, I mean, is. you you go to LinkedIn, all these, I bet you I get a hundred a day on LinkedIn. It is mm-hmm. just nonstop, right? Yeah. And the market is just so flooded with um, especially the coaching and consulting part, right? I mean, it, there's a lot of that. Um, it is, yeah. And and I call, uh, I joke around with uh, a lot of coaches, and I tell them, I ask the question, "Oh, are you a, are you a COVID coach? <laughs> so were yeah. you born during COVID? Right? Yeah, um, there have been a lot of coaches and, launch their coaching yeah, brand during COVID sure. because." they see all the marketing where you can make six figures and it's, right. it's misleading. It's misrepresentation of right. what is really possible. Is it possible? Of course it is. Absolutely. Is it possible for everyone to start without any education, without any training, without any certification or any experience and make six figures in three months when you need to pay a house payment? Not likely. So right. it's, it's unfortunate, but don't let that steer you away from pursuing your passion, just find a better way to do it. That really is authentic. And that, that is what my super sauce is, is finding authenticity with my clients so that they can build upon that. Because if it's authentic, you can duplicate it. You can replicate it. You can scale it. Yeah. Right. For sure. And you know, you want to put yourself to where you are your most powerful self, right? When passion and purpose, my wife said this like six years ago, when passion and purpose collide, you are your most powerful self. I, and, she's so right. Smart woman. Keep her around. Totally true. It's totally <laughs> true. Um, it is. And I think some of that gets lost in, you know, because everybody's passionate when they start something, right? Mm-hmm. But then they quickly realize, oh my God, this is hard. Right. Right. Um, And then the drive starts to lessen and the Mm -hmm. passion starts to go away. And I always like to, uh, you know, in our, uh, our uh, quarterlies that we do here in Boulder with startups, uh, it's like, we do some free workshop stuff. I always like to tell, tell them, you know, if this were easy, no one would be an employee. <laughs> so, right, <laughs> everybody'd be doing it, right? That's so, so it's true. Like, so yeah. you got to stick with it, and you have to. It doesn't, and I think that's a bit of a misnomer too. Sometimes, as people say, we well, have to love your business. You really don't. I mean, it, it helps. helps, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it helps, but yeah. but if you're just a mechanical person, because that's how I am, just very mechanical. Mm-hmm. Um, some of that's just the military part of me. I just learned sure. to just shed stuff off really quickly yeah. um, and be very, very, um, oh, what's the word? Uh, short-term memory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When when things go bad, 
the best thing you can do is have a short-term memory and let it go. Yeah. Right. And so. I think that part where you said you don't have to love your business. I, I work with people and I tell them, find what you love about your business and then hire out everything else. Yeah. Right. Right. Cause then you get to do what you love, what you're passionate about and you build a business with people who strategically have your weaknesses so they can fill in your gaps. If you're a numbers person, that's great. Find someone to do your marketing and your social media and the creative side. You know, if you're left brain, find your right brain, whatever it is that you do well, when you start, you're everything, right? You're the, Mm. you're the trash man. You're the creative person. You're the marketer. You're the financial officer. You have to do it all. But once you build and you have some money coming in, don't blow that. Reinvest that back in your business and hire help because then two can do more. You begin to scale. You just have to build it smart, you know, work yeah. smarter, not harder. Yeah. I, I personally, I am a huge believer in time studies. I do mm-hmm. them myself every quarter. I hate them. Um, <laughs> You'd be very clear about that. I can't stand doing them Um, for me either, but you know, how can you know all the tactical offloads that you need to do Mm -hmm. that you've picked up over a quarter um, when you're hating life at the end of the quarter and you're like, why don't I have more time? Mm -hmm. Right. And it's because you picked up all this tactical junk along the way. Right. Why? Because you're creative and you create things and you do things and that creates more work and all those things. But I've seen that in startups where they're working an 18 hour day mm-hmm. and it's, and most of their time is not spent on profit generating activities. That's the biggest, biggest <laughs> thing. And that's the difference between an entrepreneur and a business owner. In my opinion, they treat it like a business, right? They do the things that are generating revenue. So those revenue generating activities that aren't fun, but you know, you want to do the social media piece. That's really fun. That's great. But if you're not generating revenue, you're out of business. You're not a business, you're a hobbyist. And so you have to decide, do I want to run a business? And if I do, then you have to treat it like a business, like you would if you were punching a clock for someone else. So it's about those priorities and really stepping into the role of a CEO in your own business. You have to be the CEO of your business, even if that business is a business of one. Yeah, for sure. And, And I've heard... I, I can't remember what his name was. This was a couple of years ago, but he said, I would rather work 80 hours for myself than mm-hmm. 40 hours for somebody else. Well, my response is to that. Why are you working 80, 80 hours when you could be working 40 hours, right? So right. it's it's about offload. It's about that tactical triangle of, mm-hmm. you know, CEO. Uh, COO, vice president, all those different things. And I know that that's hard to even wrap around your brain when you're a startup, right? But but you can replace those other positions with simple virtual assistants, right? A hundred percent. And that's something else that came from COVID, Mm -hmm. right? The the VA space has absolutely exploded, whether it's, you know, Philippines-based or US-based, doesn't matter. There's opportunities everywhere where you can for a minimal cost um, get support 
you have to be smart about it. You have to choose wisely. Um, And you may go through a couple of VAs to find that right fit, just like you would an employee, but you can be super strategic for a reasonable amount of fees. And uh, man, it's just, again, two can do more than one. So choose how you want to scale, but yeah, absolutely. VAs have been a total game changer for the uh, COVID companies. Yeah, for sure. And I I can even, I, I actually own a staffing agency and Mm -hmm. I have seen, I mean, between, let's see, that would have been 20. I acquired that company and it's been about a year, but we, that company has grown 4,000% in a year. And, and it's just, there's so much need. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but then, you know, how do you distinguish yourself right from another, another agency? Well, that's all in the hiring process because we'll take exceptional amounts of time to narrow down to four people. And our last client was looking for two interviewed all four couldn't choose and hired all of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> Cause they were all really qualified candidates, right? Yeah, um, fantastic. And, and now they've been in that company now for six, eight months and they're embedded. They love it there. And, you know, so it's find what's going to work for you. Don't try to be a visionary. If you're not be an integrator, if that's what you're good at. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? right. It's <laughs> really then, about using whatever you do really well. Yeah. Right, and then right. just outsourcing the rest, outsourcing right. your weaknesses, outsourcing the things you don't enjoy, um, filling in your gaps with others that can come alongside you. That's what makes successful businesses thrive and be able to scale is it's not one person trying to do it all because they need that control. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's that whole side of that conversation. (laughs) That that is a whole nother animal. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Maybe for another time. Um, Yeah. We'll get into that. But, you know, I'm really interested in, and as we talked before we even got on here was, you know, we want to affect the younger generation. I mean, I've got daughters in that generation. They're 20, 24 mm-hmm. and 27. So, you know, they are our new generation of business owner that's coming up. Right. And how do we help them? How do we, you know, how do we effectively help them? Like our generation didn't really do that great job, great of a job. Right. So, so it's like, how do we help them? Well, I think it's really simple. We use vessels like this and we share some business struggles that mm-hmm. they can then key in on and go, I was just about to do that. Okay. And now I don't have to. So what is a business struggle that you've experienced over your years? I know we all have buckets of them, right? But, right. but what's one that you think would be most beneficial mm-hmm. to share with a young CEO or go back all those years and talk to yourself, right? And go, hey, you're going to make this mistake, right? Um, yeah. But here's how you're going to correct it. So mm-hmm. what what would that be? How, what, what would you share with um, this audience of startup companies? Um, so I'm going to speak directly to the female entrepreneurs right, right now, because my journey 
had to do with being a single mom at certain times and not being willing to take a few risks. And so if I could speak to anyone right now, if any time has been ideally created for you to be successful, it's now. Um, the, the space and the opportunity for women to step into leadership roles and entrepreneurial and business roles and ownership roles is never been like this. I mean, this is just undocumented times. So don't compare yourself to your male counterparts. They have different challenges. They have different strengths. Um, I really want to encourage everyone to just embrace who they are, that unique message that you had. Cause I think for so long, my struggle was that I was comparing myself to my parents' generation. They weren't entrepreneurs. They were employees. There were very, very few business owners at the time. So my parents didn't understand specifically my entrepreneurial spirit. So I just want to tell you, if you've got a, an idea or a thought, I mean, people are making money selling or just, you know, playing video games. Would we have said that was going to happen? you know, 20 years ago or back in the eighties when we were doing our thing? No, absolutely not. So you have a gift, you have an insight, you have an experience where you grew up with an iPad, you grew up with opportunities that we didn't have. So take the things that make you better, embrace those and the things that don't let those go and just really fully embrace your skill set, your talents, your gifts authentically learn from your mistakes. Mistakes are not roadblocks. Mistakes are opportunities. You don't learn from the things that go really well. You absolutely learn from the mistakes. Don't be afraid to fail, fail forward, fail often. Embrace those failures because those are opportunities to say, okay, great, that hurt or that didn't work or that cost me money. Do it different. That Embrace that process. I was so afraid of failure. What will people think? Right. Yeah. That's the big mental block when people are launching and identifying and creating their brand is what will people think? My family, my friends, my circle, my people on Facebook, what will they think about me? Who gives a flip? They don't write your paycheck. You go do you and be you, own that, and then scale that. Yeah. So if I could say anything, it's that. I think right. it's so powerful for you to embrace those gifts and not not be the people pleaser who cares what everybody else is going to say because they don't own your future. You do. Yeah. It's perfect. And like, for me, failure is not a word. I, I call them lessons. That's what I call them. Mm -hmm. I call them lessons, not failures. Failures is, it's such a mind debilitating word. It is. Um, And, you know, that's why I always, when I'm working with companies, I'll say, okay, so the lesson was right. right? Not yeah. your failure was, well, that's like kicking somebody in the gut. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so I say <laughs> so, challenges and obstacles. Yeah. Those are opportunities, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So right. you've got opportunities and then sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. So right. those are the, the two things. Like what are the opportunities here and what did we learn? hundred yep. percent. I it's yep. about your, your perspective. And if you, Whatever you look for in a situation or an opportunity, you're you're gonna find. If you look for the hard part, you'll find it. If oh, you yeah. look for the reason to stop, you'll find it. If you look for the reason to succeed, the 
you know, financial opportunity, the scaling opportunity, the way to grow, those are the things you'll find. Mm-hmm. Whatever you look for, you'll find. Yeah, for sure. Well, awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, kind of closing things out, I like to ask this question. Um, okay. I think and I'm that's ready. it. <laughs> <laughs> And, and that is, is if you could have invited anybody to this call, dead mm-hmm. or alive, um, friend, family, mentor, whatever that is, and you had that one burning question you wanted to ask, what would the question be mm-hmm. and who would have you had on here to ask that question to? Okay. So one of my absolute favorite people that I love to listen to is Brene Brown. I think she is phenomenal. I think she's fearless. I think she is fantastic at articulating the the words that I have rattling around in my head, but she applies so much science to it and research and she's just fantastic. But if I could have Brene Brown sitting next to me and ask her a question, I would ask her, how do we lead with authentic leadership for this next generation versus because she does daring greatly versus this armored leadership where you're protecting yourself and we're fear-based. How do we help this next generation overcome some of the, the social challenges that have been created with this COVID, right? Because they don't have some of the social skills. Mm-hmm. that we do. So how do we ensure those things and enlist those things and support them to be socially adept? Cause I have, mm-hmm. I have teenagers and then I also have some older kids and I, I see the differences of how they interact versus how our generation did. Not that one's necessarily better than the other or not, but there's um, advantages to being able to sit across the table from someone, look them in the eye and shake their hand. Mm-hmm. And I want, I want this next generation to be able to do that, to look someone or look the camera in the eye as I'm doing right now, looking dead mm-hmm. into the camera and knowing that I'm looking into the eyes of the people at the other side of the screen. So um, right. said a lot. I'm not sure I got my question across cause I kind of rambled right there, but Um, Renee's so good at articulating that true authentic leadership from a heart centered space Mm -hmm. where you really connect with the people, because I feel like if you can connect with the people who are your clients, your market, your, um, ideal, you know, proposition on the other side of the screen, that's when true transformation happens. That's when true business really at the core begins to solidify. So I just want to be able to do that. So that's what, that would be my question. How do I do yeah. that for this next generation that's always texted or, you know, been across a, a video screen? Yeah, there, there is no doubt my youngest daughter's three and there is no doubt that this generation will be much smarter than us. Um, she's three and she knows how to use my own, my cell phone better than I do. So it's just like, <laughs> and she's three. It's true. <laughs> it's it's like, so true. <laughs> it's like, wow, holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> and, and intuitive, right? It's like right. you hand them an electronic and they intuitively know how to use it. Right. It's like, it's just born into nature. them or something. Yeah. It, it's it just, is. It's, it's second nature, but how do we give them that second nature of those personal relationships to 
outside of the technology because they can, you know, run us up and down the the road on technology. Um, but can they have a, a heartfelt conversation and really connect with a person because right. technology is not going away, but hopefully people aren't either. So yeah, right. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, hey, Karen, how do people get a hold of you? Where do people come find you to check yeah. check you out? And Thanks for asking. Um, on social media, they can find me by searching for Coach Karen Gray, G-R-A-Y. Um, my website is graylegacypartners.com. That's my, my business website. They can sign up for um, a free copy of my ebook. That's a, a giveaway I have right now. And um, if they have questions, they can always DM me. And um, 833-WE-COACH is my toll-free number. Well, Karen, it was great having you on. I really Thank appreciate you. you taking the time out of your busy day. Um, to be here. We're all busy. Um, and, you know, it means something to take the time to actually show up, be present in a conversation um, and share value. So thank you for being here. Thank you for, for holding space for this and for doing what you do and giving me an opportunity to talk to people that you're serving. I appreciate that. And don't take that lightly. I know we are all here and, and called for a purpose. So um I appreciate the opportunity to be here and serve today. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you so much for joining today's podcast um, called War Room Moments. It's that for a reason. Um, And remember, dream it, believe it, and achieve it. This is your podcast host, Jason Miller, signing off. Thanks for listening to War Room Moments with your host, Jason Miller. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode.